There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm texting Bill real quick here. Uh, I got a quick message to Bill real quick. Uh, um, my name is Tim McKernan. We're in the Longo Big Studios. This is the Tim McKernan Show. Jackson Burkett is here too. I don't want you to get credit because I'm insecure. Right, this is t- Tim and Boy. Tim and Boy. Yeah. What did you describe? Oh, you announced yesterday, or t- yesterday, an hour ago on Balloon Party, your name is Reginald? Uh, yeah, only when I'm watching the Rose Bowl. Well, your Rose Bowl take was... It wasn't met with uh, all the... The the guy who wants to sleep with you, Daddy Be Cook, and took your side. But other than that... Yeah, yeah, I, I have my guys. I have my army who are going to be with me in lockstep no matter what. I was hoping I was going to kind of you know, close that Venn diagram of my detractors. Sure. Uh, that well, wasn't the take to get you there. For the record, for those of you just listening here to the Tim McKernan Show from the Longo Big Studios, thank you to the great James Carlton, Seth Gold, Camp of Design, Air, Heating, and Cooling. James Carlton's with Carlton Insurance. He's my insurance agent, carltoninsurance.net. Seth Gold, Camp's with Design, Air, Heating, and Cooling. Designairservice.com. Uh, Munganass, uh, it's Munganass, Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, and uh, stlouisacura.com. Uh, AltonToyota.com. That's Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganas, Ryan Cybergs in the Cy- service department, and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, EvergreenSTL.com. Uh, all making this podcast possible. Jackson's take was the following: He does not want to see the Rose Bowl game time moved because you want the sunset in the second half. Yep even if it means the Sugar Bowl, the second college football playoff game this year, ending at 1 a.m. Eastern. Yep, yeah, and honestly, like, in years where the Rose Bowl, and again, I don't know what it's going to look like with the 12-team format, but in years if the Rose Bowl isn't a CFP Bowl, like, they would play that whatever time you want. But if we're right. going to be doing the CFP semis at the Rose Bowl, it's got to be at sunset or else why do it there at all? That's my That's my take on it. And I understand that there's a I lot of... I honestly, I'm dead serious uh-huh. now. I feel like QFTA is like our safe space. It is. Done TMA. Mm-hmm. Millions of people listen to HD2. Unbelievable what we've done for HD2 radio. Mm-hmm. 101 ESPN. Millions of people listen to a one-hour midday show. No question about it. But this is where we get together. This is our safe space. And by doing it every day, and here we are, two for two in 2024, take that, slut lords... <laughs> Couldn't say that better myself. Yep. I was thinking, is Jackson spreading his wings and doing a take Smith thing? No. Nope. You really? And then I started to. I, I folded the hand when you said you were looking at the forecast for Pasadena in advance, not for gambling reasons, which I would have respected, even though, you know, the bell curve on weather in Southern California is: is it going to be seventy or seventy-four? Right. Or anything in, in between. Yeah. You wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to be cloudy or rainy so you could see the sunset in the second half. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm alarmed. I was so excited that, you know, Michigan and Bama were going to be at the Rose Bowl. I share that with you. And it was, like, perfect. Like, that's a great matchup for two classic teams. They'll probably wear their classic uniforms. And and it's going to be at sunset. Like, I was very fired up. This is not Orlovsky. I truly, in my heart of hearts, 
believe in this take. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who believes that the details are in the margins. And while some people... The details are in the margins. Details are in the margins. And some people might find something like this extremely trivial or unimportant. But it's stuff like this, whether it be uniforms or what time the game is played so we get the proper sunset. That's what like, I focus on the most. You know, I'm I'm a very I like to I like to look at you're, the you're Johnny New, Nuance Johnny Nuance I'm Johnny Nuance and honestly we're living in a time with the death of nuance so I feel like I am we are uh, living in a time I went scrolling down the fan page to find yesterday's QFTA post uh-huh. and then I and then I caught myself and literally caught myself hey, because look at there that. is have you not seen this video I've seen that picture. I think. The YouTube video of me doing sports. And oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. For those of you who are watching on YouTube right now, and welcome to the show, I see Jake Reynolds and Tommy Mites are in there. Those are uh, would you be able to see it? Yeah, you would be able to see it. Yeah, 100%. Here, can I hold it up on the camera? How's that looking on the camera, Jackson? I can't see because I'm blocking my yeah. camera. Can no, you, you see, the, can you you can see s- the shot? Yeah, you can see the shot. Boy, what a head of hair. Yeah. Looks really good. And it was I was taking Propecia at that time. I'm 22 there. 22 years old. Really? 22 years old, yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you something. Not a bad-looking guy. Damn right. Dapper. I kind of wish I would have fucked more women. <laughs> I mean, couldn't... I got to be honest with you. I mean, that's that's the reaction I have to that. Yeah. Now, I know how much money I was making annually. Right. Wasn't really flush. Mm, mm-hmm. But that's the same guy who was working in St. Louis. Let me tell you something. And I want you to hear this. I like when you preface stuff with, let me tell you something. I don't think I've told this story before. And I think if she were here, I think she would agree with this too. So this is not like an, let me, let me air out an ex, (laughs) you know, like guys who get fired from radio stations and they can't wait for their big Dan Caesar column moment. Right. So this isn't air. And plus this is 25 years ago. I get the job at KMOV. March of 2000, maybe late February of 2000, all because, by the way, which I do think I've talked about this because Doug was working there, the guy who I replaced, his name was Bob West, and he was in the sports department with Steve Savard and Doug, was so pissed off per the guys in the sports department. I've never talked to Bob, so maybe he would tell a different story, and I'm sure he's watching on YouTube right now. Uh that he didn't get to go to that Super Bowl, Rams, Titans in Atlanta. Right. That in order to really stick it to the station, he quit the night before the Super Bowl because they left him back in St. Louis to kind of be, as we call it, sitting on the desk in case the live shot goes down from, in this this case, Atlanta. He was so pissed off, he quit. Oh, my God. If... Ricky Prohl doesn't catch that ball against the Buccaneers. I am still in Little Rock. Wow, sliding doors moment right there. Ah! That's good stuff. Yes. That's good stuff. That's crazy. That is, I sw- that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, I, we've, I've, Tim Klutzartz, who, who was our producer, he wrote for Inside STL for a while, he was our producer in the sports bar. Now he's like big news director in Fort Myers of two stations. I'm so happy for him because he's a great fucking guy. There's a guy who is doing what he should be doing and, and getting the respect he deserves. Uh, but he was our producer, along with a guy named Troy Roberts, and his interaction with Doug Vaughn is the reason Doug Vaughn is a part of TMA, because that's when uh, Doug's reactions to Troy Roberts and the KMOV Sports Department is essentially, colon, Doug's reactions to Iggy on TMA in 2024. 
similar kind of thing. And yeah. Doug would agree, although we probably couldn't go into the stories what was going on in the sports department. Although if Doug would talk about it, I'll certainly talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I think Doug might not be one. But I would piss myself, truly piss myself laughing in the sports department. And it was, I mean, listen, all of us were entertaining ourselves. Don't get me wrong. But Doug was yeah. without question the the one the same kind of stuff that's going on on TMA now is what was making that whole and it was we had two producers an editor me Savard and Doug the on air guys Halcyon days six motherfuckers Halcyon days to do you know I mean what were we even do I remember I would go into work and I wouldn't do anything I just sit there and I'm going hey this is great but yeah. what am you weren't I having doing? to edit any packages you, you couldn't you from a union oh, yeah, standpoint yeah, yeah. IBEW we weren't allowed to touch the editing equipment. I remember that from the film, uh, uh, what's the movie? Broadcast News. Albert Brooks. Yeah, she was like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to break oh, the yeah. union because I'm going to. That's a real thing. I don't know. I don't think it's a case anymore because I think guys have to shoot their own stuff now. Right. I have no idea. But either way, so I come back to St. Louis, but I get that, that job that night. I'm in Little Rock. I, and, and at that time, because the general manager of the station hated me. Mm. Hey, it truly did. Like, took me because she thought that I was making reference. I made a reference to masturbating on my ten o'clock sports cast in Central Arkansas at the age of twenty-two. That's this is a real thing. This is a real thing, and I will swear and put all of my assets in the middle on a lie detector that I wasn't doing. I just wasn't. I used the phrase "jacked up." And she thought that meant jacked off. This is a real thing. This really happened to me. But her friends at church, and I'm not making this part up, did not like me because they didn't like my dialect or lack thereof Mm -hmm. and thought that I was a smart-ass Yankee. And I agree with the, the adjective. I just don't know about the Yankee part. But in Arkansas, if you're from north of Arkansas, Yankee. Either way. So at this point, because of what I was going through, I was sending at the time VHS tapes anywhere and everywhere. Any, I was, I was dying, no bullshit, to get a job in Roanoke, Virginia, mm. East Lansing, Michigan. No joke. I mean, that's where I was anywhere. Any would just get me the fuck out of here. Right. And that shit happened in, in September. So now we're in February and I'm, I am miserable. Now, it, fortunately... Or unfortunately, Kevin Demoff, yeah. that pales in comparison to some of the adventures that we went through with this show over the last 20 years. But at the time, and being 22 and, and then 23 years old, it, was, it felt like the end of the world. And I would just wanted a job anywhere. And so the fact that I was even live for the job in my hometown, and my goal was to get back to St. Louis by the time I'm 30. Well, now I'm 23. And I remember getting an email from the news director at KMOV in response to my tape and even getting a response because you get a couple hundred tapes for these jobs. I'm like, oh, my God. He acknowledged that I sent a tape. I was so poor, for real. It costs $3.75 to send each one of these tapes. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to get the job. I'm not going to bother with sending the tape because I can't afford to, to spend three dollars and seventy five cents. Yeah, damn. Oh, that hit home with you That's right crazy. there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is a guy so desperate to get out that he is. Just... Yeah, well, I mean, and I'd send him to Roanoke and East Lansing because I'm like, I can get those. Right, I right. can't get St. Louis. Right, right. And in 2000, the TV news business was different. Now, I think you turn on Channel Five, Four, Two, Eleven, whatever else is doing news, you see a lot of 23 year olds. Yep. But not at that time. Nope. 
And I'm like, fuck it, I'll send it. And maybe they'll be like, okay, we'll monitor this guy. And then in five years, maybe we'll be able to hire him when he's older. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. So then when he, he gets back to me, I'm like, holy shit. And now it's like the hot girl is interested in you. And now you start like, I, what would happen? I'm already depressed that I'm there. Not because it's Arkansas, but because of the situation. Little Rock was fine. Fayetteville was great. Um, it was my first taste of SEC football. And I remember going to a game there and going, this is a lot different than going to a game in Columbia. But uh, I'm like, oh, God, what if I don't get it now? Right. What, what I mean, that what, that's the ultimate blue ball. And now I'm going back to looking for a job in Tallahassee. Yeah, and that's where I was sending these tapes. And then I get the call to get an interview. So I get to fly home mm. yeah. and interview. Do they fly you out? They fly me up to St. Louis. Yeah, nice. And I, even I'm like, this is this is big time. <laughs> Little Rock to St. Louis. You know, I mean, yeah, you can fly into LaGuardia or JFK, nope. or, you know, Newark, but this is this Lambert. is Lambert, brother, and this is a Southwest flight. Airfield. It is Airfield. And now I'm, you know, they do the interview, and uh, and I'm meeting with the assistant news director, and I was so nervous. And I remember a guy who kind of wanted to be my agent in in the re- not because I was so good, but I, now I look back on it, and what they were doing was they were trying to identify young talent. Usually, I think I can say this, this groundbreaking shit, at the time, and some people, you will not remember it, the sports casting world had essentially zero female presence. And there was a, a female sideline reporter on CBS, SEC probably, because that had started in the mid-90s, by the name of Jill Arrington. You ever, you ever heard that name? Nope. Jill Arrington. Everybody wanted to be Jill Arrington, Mm -hmm. a name that people in their 30s might not even remember. And I remember telling ladies who were uh, looking to pursue news at the University of Missouri Journalism School, I said, hey, you ought to look at going into sports. I don't like sports. I go, it it has nothing to do if you like sports. I'm just telling you that's the way that the business is going. Now I think people would say there's, you know, an equal amount of men and women doing sports. But 25 years ago, different deal. So everybody wanted to be in the game. Female sportscaster. The time, though, this is this is the dream job for me. And I'm in St. Louis, and I'm flying, and I'm so nervous. And this agent, he was like trying to find the young, up and coming talent. Oftentimes, female sportscasters. But I got lumped in because I guess they felt like I might have a chance at doing something. I think they knew I was going to be doing HD two in 2024. Right, right. I think they knew. They I saw just the do. cards. Yeah. I think they saw it coming. And uh, and he said, now when you walk into KMOV. You've never seen anything like it. So don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed by it. It's like I'm it's like I'm Sean Aston walking onto the field in South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, it's like Hoosiers going to Hinkle Field. Yeah, House. exactly right. And I remember walking in there and I'm all prepared for it. Like I'm gonna walk into, you know, Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it kind of looked like this thing, except the ceilings were lower. You could tell they used to let motherfuckers smoke in there. Yellow and I'm and like, shit. I'm thinking Little Rock's nicer than this. <laughs> the hell is this? You're going to be blinded by the bright lights of KMOV. And then I, you know, I meet with the news director. He pawns me off on the assistant. Like, for me, this is the biggest day of my life yeah, to sure. date, for real. Yeah. And for the news director, it's like, I hired goofs all the time. You're our number three sports guy, whatever. But he still, he was a fan of me, and he believed in me, and he gave me the opportunity. And I remember then I go to lunch. Tony's used to be downtown. 
Yeah, I, I, I okay. I think it they was had like a time. lunch place called Anthony's, and I remember going to lunch there. I think with him, and then walking back. And KMOV had revolving doors. Mm-hmm. They still they still exist. Yeah. And just having my head up my ass, I recall walking into the revolving door. Usually one person goes, and the next thing, I go in the same revolving door. You put your hand on the small of his back? (laughs) That is a tight... If I were them right then, I would have gone, we're going to go with the guy from Tulsa. Yeah, he doesn't even know how to walk into a revolving door. Oh, my God. So then that afternoon, they go, you can hang out with the guys in the sports office. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet Steve Savard and Doug Vaughn. This is the fucking coolest. Yeah. You know, and then after like meeting for 15 minutes and they're also doing their job, right. you know, as it turns out, Doug hated it already. <laughs> you know, he was 13 years. He hated it. Imagine poor motherfucker did it another 22 years. Yeah, for real. Uh, Savard's there. He's a sports director. There's two producers as an editor. And the sports office had to be comparable to the size of this studio we are in except six people worked in it. Right. I mean, it was a real shithole <laughs> right next to it. Whereas here, we're next to the restroom, which you occasionally hear, was Larry Connor's office, and next to his office was Julius Hunter's. Yeah. And those guys are legends, legends, you know? And so I tell this whole background for, like, this was the biggest day of my life, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't know how it went, you know? Like, I remember Savard going, do you have any questions? I think I'm like... I just really want the job. I mean, they could have paid me nothing, yeah. and I would have taken it. And I let them know that, and I'm sure they were well aware of it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted the job. I wanted to get out of Little Rock. Right, and to be in your hometown. Oh, my God. It was everything for me. the Cardinals. Holy shit. And so I get the phone call, I think two days later, and the anxiety in between that time and getting that phone call and he offers me the job. I'll actually get emotional if I tell the story. So I'm not going to tell like the story of calling my dad to tell him I was coming awesome. home and my mom. It was the greatest because it also meant freedom from, right, from that situation right. down there. But also like, and then I, I don't even know if I asked how much it paid because it didn't matter to me. Right. And I made it was like 2.5x, <laughs> so like it mattered, yeah. you know? Yeah. Big. Holy shit. So in my mind, it's like I'm gone. Well, I have a girlfriend at the time. And she's in Little Rock, and her family's in Little Rock. So you met her down there. I did. Okay. And she has St. Louis ties. I feel like we ought to get her on. I don't know if she's interested. <laughs> um, I have nothing against her at all. But, I mean, my mindset was not, like, we're going to get married. We had right. been together, I guess, for, like, five or six months. But I'm 22. I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, farm community. Sure. Uh, and so I... You know, we go to dinner that night, and I'm in full-on celebration mode. I'm, I, I, I can't believe what just happened. I can't believe what is happening. And then she starts to weep at, at, at dinner. And then I go, oh, I guess i got to be aware of this. <laughs> you were so fired up. Yeah, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you can come up to visit, whatever. And... But, but yeah, I mean, in high, yeah, absolutely, I should have been. Like, the me in 19... I guess 2000... 100% on brand. The me in 2024, I, that just isn't who I would be. You know, I would absolutely be, you know, I just wouldn't think that way, but that's how I was thinking. And I wasn't like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go to St. Louis and bang away and have a nice day cafe. I was just like, I'm going to be able to get out of here right. and go work in my hometown. Holy shit, I didn't just turn 23. Yeah, much less than the money. I didn't even think about the money. 
And obviously she's like, you're leaving. Yeah. And you are not. You haven't even brought it up. Right. You're not like, yeah, you're just so excited. And not once have you said, well, what's going to Right. I mean, for, and I honestly didn't. Yeah. And then the thing is, and I know this might be shocking, I'm a little alarmed by it myself. She's still down there. I'm back in St. Louis, and I'm truly not fucking around on her. Nice. Yeah, I know. I don't. I can sense you don't believe me, but honestly, I... I mean, if you... Yeah. I really didn't. I really didn't. And then, therefore, I'm like... I don't know if I'd say I'm lonely, because, I mean, all my friends are still in sure. St. Louis. But I'm not, like, going out with anybody. And on top of it, I am going out. I'm, like, on my behavior. Right, right. And so then she moves up here, gets a place. We can currently hear somebody urinating. I don't know if it's carrying over to the uh, podcast. Uh, Right by, like, on the other side of the park. I grew up across the street from Francis Park, Tam Avenue, hence the name Tam Avenue Capital Partners, uh, currently liquidating assets. And uh, and so she moves. By the way, I wasn't like, oh, this is weird. I loved it because I kept all my shit at my parents' place, but I stayed over at her place. That's perfect. I'm not paying any rent. She's paying the rent. She's close. I now have my girlfriend here, but I think deep down, and I could be wrong, and that's why she needs to join us on the podcast. For real. I think we knew we were never getting married. Like, it never, I don't think, I, we never talked about it. And so maybe that wasn't necessarily, but I mean, I didn't say, hey, you got to move up here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she wanted to move up. Sure. And she had ties. To, I mean, she was from St. Louis. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, she was from St. Louis, but her family had relocated there. Got and she was go. great, super cool, very, very smart, very smart girl. Um, and also, you know, standard too attractive for me. Mm. But then I see this guy anchoring in Little Rock and I'm like, that guy could have, that yeah. guy could have done some work. Now I'm still a tiny little boy. Eh. Let's make that clear. Doesn't, well, you, you can't tell height when you're doing a live shot like that, baby. Well, I know I'm sitting on pillows in that shot. You uh, don't. I, I was going to ask the question uh, when you first showed me that. Was that at the news desk or was that when you were relegated to That was the at the sports? news desk. That, that was right around, literally, because the week... That sportscast that is up on the TMA fan page, if you want to search it on YouTube, it's KTHV TV, today's THV 11 on 11, the THV's 10 o'clock difference, rolls right off the tongue, <laughs> September 22nd, 20, or 1999. Wow. Fuck. That was right before. You were a year old, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. God. Uh, they were about to play Alabama, mm. Sean Alexander. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lost to Alabama. I was kind of surprised because Mike DeBose was the coach now, which I know sounds weird. Arkansas was surprised to lose to Alabama. But at that time, that was the case. Arkansas, I think, had finished top 10 that year, the year before. They and they wound up going to the Cotton Bowl and beating Texas the year I was there. Yeah. Um, in Texas, well, it's Cotton Bowl. It's, it's you know, got to be a good team to be in it. But uh, that week was the week. It was right. It was. I think it was. I think that the famous jacked up thing, it was like the day after my birthday. My birthday September 27th, as you all know. Uh, so it was like September 28th and then I came into work on September 29th and the executive producer was a really nice guy. I think he sometimes listens to the show, which has to be weird for him. Uh, he was waiting for me and he said, we got to talk or there was a note on my desktop computer. Come see me when you get in. And I go into work just a normal day at work of making, you know, barely no money, but (laughs) I'm just happy as fuck. Right. And he comes into the sports office. There's nobody there. And he goes, um, Susan wants to fire you because she thinks you're making references to masturbation during your sportscast. And I just was like, I'm, 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 I, the look on my face was probably the same one from the JFK documentary I've made reference to when Oswald gets asked by the press about to shoot the president. I go, 
I, I think I probably laughed. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not. It's like it's not even. It's not even in play. And it's I like go, what? Did, I mean, I said we got the tape. I yeah. he goes jacked up, and I go jacked up, fired up. Right. She thinks it means jacked off. And I go, what, but it doesn't. Right. So therefore, right. I can think of a lot of things, but it doesn't make it true. I mean, if if I were armed with like the mindset I have now, I would have lawyered up. Yeah. And just gone Tecumseh Sherman on Arkansas like my great-great-uncle did to Atlanta. I mean, because I am related to Sherman, that, that I, I would have just been like, okay, you know, you, you, got, you, had, you had it out for me. Yeah, right. And, you know, I know I'm making nothing anyway, and we can settle this, and to me, we'll settle for something that'll mean a lot <laughs> to me, it'll mean nothing to you, and you'll be rid of me. That I went through that, it was a living fucking hell. Ugh. But, uh, did go through it, and... Uh, was not allowed to anchor on the desk for like four months. Jeez. I think I was welcomed back the day they played in the Cotton Bowl, which was probably New Year's Day. Right, yeah. Back Jeez. then, you played it on New Year's Day. And I just was relegated. They would wheel the camera in, and those are the big cameras for right. newscasts. big-ass ones. Into the sports office, through the newsroom, back to the sports office, where I was relegated like a pariah to anchor. It's like a punishment for production, not even a, produ- a punishment for you. It's just and that, that's it, it frustrated the people on the news desk. Right. And then they also thought it was wrong. Yeah. But, you know, they're in a spot. You cl- you're clearly working for someone who's, you know, yeah. not, a, let's have a conversation about this. Right. You know, it's like I'm not going to, like, lose my career to save the, you know, yeah. number three sports guy. Or I guess right. I was number two sports guy there. Especially at that time when it's so cutthroat and everyone's looking for the yeah. job. Yeah. God, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. But then I've I've watched video of this sportscast, and the sportscaster that I guess I became, not that it matters because it's a worthless skill to have, but where I got opportunities and one shit, I'm fucking terrible in this. <laughs> like my like I'm going really quickly. There's no inflection. It's like when I when you're doing uh, little piddles, yeah, yeah, shit. And I go slow down, right? You know, and, and I know you're not nervous at all, but. <laughs> Like, you know, have inflection. Don't, like, don't feel like you just got to, like, whip through it so right. we can get to me talking. Right. That's what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this motherfucker's terrible. Like, yeah. I'm no good. Mm. But I wasn't bad looking. Yeah, I wasn't. And I'm, I'm a little alarmed by it. And then I go, well, then do I need to get the thing that, well, you didn't get it, but Doug did. Yeah. I think I think you stick with what you got now. I think. I kind of, I just, like, I, I don't know. I think that, like. You know, I don't know if that's what would grow back. It'd be similar, but I mean, it's not going to be exactly like that. And I think that I would have to have, like, I have some gray in my, you know, yeah, a little right salt here. and pepper, a little yeah. salt and pepper. Nothing so I would wrong, have though. to have some. I mean, I'm almost fifty. Yeah. I mean, it would be weird if I if I look like Ryan Day. <laughs> I think he might have a little help. <laughs> right. You can be like Carlos Boozer and just paint hair on. Is that what he's doing? There is a. You should look up. You should Google real quick. Carlos Boozer painted hair. And uh, and take a look at what uh, I'm happened. Literally to typing that in. The Duke boy. Oh no! <laughs> what what is, what is what's he doing? It's what's crazy. Doing? It's literally. It's like he sharpied. <laughs> he sharpied his hair. Anyone who's listening right now at home, and you can if you're not driving, type in Carlos Boozer painted hair, and you will be treated to some. Yeah. So you could do that. It's either that you get the you get the FUE procedure, or you stick with what you got. I mean, you wear a ball cap damn near every day, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, it, I honestly, I think about it more for sound story. Mm, really, I, that, I mean, I, I don't, you know, doing TMA and, and balloon party, whatever else we do, and this podcast. If we do wind up expanding, and I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I, but like Doug's talking about, like however many graphs he got, mm-hmm. 
think it was 2,500, I think Sounds he said. Right. Like, but he just had to, like, do the front. Right, yeah, where his, yeah, where right. his rece- recession was happening. Right. Yeah, you would need a... I've had this look. Like, my wife has not... We have, And we've been together for 15-plus years now, and she has not seen me with hair, and which is why I told the story on TMA today about pulling up this very sports cast, which is, I guess, why it, it's now on the TMA fan page today, um, and showing my mother-in-law at, at Christmas dinner... And I go, yeah, here's what it looked like. And I could tell she was like, oh. So she's never, she's never, ever. No. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You never see me with hair? I'm like, why would she? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess I didn't. I mean, Anna Marie and I uh, have been together since 2008. Got it. And those sevens when you went out to New York for the SNY. That's thing. correct. And I was about to, for real, the week before starting, which is insane <laughs> to think about, was about to fly to fucking Vancouver, too. <laughs> To get hair transplants. You would have walked in and looked like... Like a Chia Pet. Like Hellraiser. <laughs> I mean, for real. Uh, yeah. In a market where they cover... Like, I remember one of the things, the news director, which is one of the reasons why I didn't take the job, I had a bad feeling on her. And it's true. It's like I don't results-oriented it because you, the, the, you have the information you have in the moment. And I had a bad feeling on her. And she goes, hey, one of the things that's going to be different here is, you know, there are six writers who cover... The media in New York. You have the Times, Newsday, Daily News, New York Post, yeah. and this is before. I mean, I guess there probably were blogs, and there some places had multiple media writers. So they are going to be critiquing you. Just be prepared for that. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. You know, I guess I don't know if I really had experienced that yet, but but if I would have arrived in that market, especially relatively young, because yeah. I was just turned thirty, with Holes in my head from hair transplants. Yeah. Holy shit. I would have shown up at SNY and the guys and the ladies who hired me would have gone, the fuck did you do? Like, what, what do we get? We can't put them on the air. No, you look you like, couldn't put me on the air. You look like Rudy Giuliani with a dye falling down your head. <laughs> like Doug was wearing a ball cap and he never wears a ball never, cap. Never. He was wearing a ball cap for a couple of months. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. Cause I mean, it is like, it's a pretty, I mean, you have surgery. So your, right. your head's a little raw. And that surgery that Doug had is different than the one I would right. have had. Would have Mine had was the, the flesh strip. thing. Yeah. The strip. Fuck. Yeah. And I was just like, and I think the only, I don't even know. I remember walking around the neighborhood where we lived, the Moreland's mm-hmm. and I was about to, I mean, it, this was the next morning and it's not like a quick shot up to Vancouver. Oh. I'm going through Minneapolis to Vancouver and I'm going to have surgery. Yep. And I was walking with my wife and I go, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think I should do this. I don't, I don't think it's not like the hair is going to be there right away. Like no shit. And it's <laughs> not like I was like 12. <laughs> I'm fucking 30 years old. Like, I'm five years older than you are. Yeah. And I didn't think this way. Yeah. That's why when I, some people ask questions about starting up a business, this is not self-deprecation. This is true. Like, I can't, I can't believe how... I, I don't know what the right word is for it. Like, ignorant doesn't truly do justice to how stupid I was. Like, how embarrassingly stupid I was to think that I was going to do that. Holy shit. Mm. Yeah, that would have been it would have been tough to walk in there. Like, oh you, my god. You would have walked in and be like, I can't be on the air for three months. <laughs> minimum, minimum, yeah. probably yeah, longer. Least, and yeah. so then what what do they do? I I mean, I if I were them, I would have fired me. Yeah. Probably, I'm sure my agent would have been like, you know, because in his mind, he's losing whatever percentage it was that he he sometimes listens to this podcast. He might see my phone light up. Um 
what he would what we would have done there. Yeah, that would have been a, a really tough spot. Oh my god! Like you what didn't tell you him? Do? Did you? You didn't tell him you were going to do this? I don't know. I remember him just saying, "Well, let's grow it out." Because at the time, Matt Lauer, the Matt Lauer right. thing. Now, Matt Lauer, people think Matt Lauer now, and they yeah. think of what happened at the Today Show. But at the time, he had. He had probably what I had. But I didn't grow my hair out. Yeah, he was. He was just kind of. He was just thinner. Up it was top thinner. Yeah. So like I've seen like in a mirror, uh, like I'm thin. Like you can't tell it's thin because I'll take off my fucking hat here so people can, we can judge my head. Yeah, it's it's lopsided. Fuck off. I still have the baddest bitch in my game wearing my chain. Uh, that uh, it's it's like bald here, but I have hair here. Yeah. But I don't know how much would grow out. That's the thing, too, is if you were to do this, you'd have to grow everything out for, like, a month so that they would have something, you know, they got to pull something out. So right. you have to grow around the And it's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah. It would be a— But, be, I mean, that that's 2024, and I'm fucking off in a closet next to a pisser. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like This is going on set. Literally over my right shoulder is Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> you know, the day that I was auditioning, Floyd Mayweather was in studio. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is you know. Yeah, it was a big time. Yeah, it really was. If the bright lights of KMOV were going to overwhelm you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you... I was certainly a more jaded motherfucker by right. 2007. I already left. I already left KMOV for two years at that point. Yeah. But I look back on it and I go, what the fuck? I really, it's, a, it's truly, I suppose, a shame. Like if what Doug just had done to be the mayor of Tough Town, I believe is what That's he right. is. Yep. If that was around, I don't I mean, 1998, obviously, when I started taking Propecia. Like I probably would be doing television right now. Wow. As insane as that might sound. Wow. I don't know if I would want to be because there aren't a lot of people doing television making a lot of money. For real. Like, and I remember kind of when I was deciding on the New York thing, going, okay, how many people are making a million dollars doing television? Not to say I need to make a million dollars, but you also got to kind of multiply St. Louis or divide St. Louis, divide New York dollars by 2.5. So in other words, if you're making 300 in St. Louis, you better be making a million in New York, especially if you want to be in Manhattan. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, And I'm like, maybe 20 or 30? Maybe, and that's 2007. I would say there might be more who are in the sports world now making it, but they're probably owners of their show. Right. You know what I mean? It's not traditional where it's like, yeah, like like at ESPN, like who hosting SportsCenter, which is kind of the path I was on, is making a million dollars a year. Only SVP. That's it. Only SVP. That's it. There, there's just think. no way. Especially, And I'd be surprised if people are making even a quarter million dollars. Not to downplay a quarter million dollars, but Connecticut quarter million dollars yeah, is different than quarter million dollars in St. Louis. 100%. And, and so I'm sitting there going, and I don't want to do it. And when I went up there audition, I had to ad-lib over Nets highlights. I mean, you might sit there with a soft cow. Yeah, but I'm Williams. going with Carrie Kittles. Yeah, Darren Williams. Maybe Gerald Green. I might have had Darren things. Williams at that time, actually. Yeah, I think probably Jason Didn't he start Kidd. with the Jazz or did he start with the Nets? Uh, he started with the Jazz. Wow, that's a big win for me. That was a huge win for me. I think he me. started with the Jazz, but then I think at that time was on the New Jersey. And Mets. I remember SNY has the Mets, which I guess at this point people know, but they also were the Jets station. Oh, yeah. And the Jets had camp somewhere that it wasn't even that far. It's like on Long Island. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I want to take the ferry. <laughs> I want to take the Staten Island ferry, albeit yeah. to Staten Island going the wrong direction. Yeah. But yes... I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. This isn't what I want to do. Yeah. I don't fucking care about New York or ESPN. It's like I was on the phone with uh, my financial advisor a few 
like a month ago. And he goes, well, you just got to determine what you want to do. And I said, I want to beat you in stroke play. He's plus two. And I just want, I want to be left alone. That's <laughs> so I, I don't want anybody to know who I am. I want to beat you at stroke play. And I'd like to make some money and just kind of be left alone. That's, that's it. And he goes, well, that kind of answers your question on the direction you want to go. And I go, yeah, I guess that does. That's, that's, that's what I want. I have zero interest. That used to be a shot like at St. Louis Media. I don't think it goes on anymore. Well, I mean, they're in St. Louis. They couldn't get jobs anywhere else. Doug Vaughn, well, he did work in Miami. Right. Doug Vaughn could absolutely have worked perhaps anywhere for real no bullshit just from a talent side. martin Kilcoin, no question in my mind could have been like killed it at espn killed it at espn killed it at espn he could have been a national fucking personnel god man with his ability um and i'm sure i'm leaving some out and i'm not doing it to take a shot <laughs> fuck but uh yeah that's it, you just you, the contrary to what people think there isn't a bunch of money cuz they know there are hundreds of people who want these jobs, right. and most of them are starving in their current jobs, and so they'll leave for like ten thousand dollars more. Yeah. And it's you have no leverage. You have no leverage. Yeah. Exactly right. Anyway, this whole conversation started because it turns <laughs> out I was fuckable in Arkansas. <laughs> that right there was the prime example of QFT. We just went thirty-five minutes because you saw a picture of yourself from Little Rock, right? And I was trying to find yesterday's QFTA thread. Yeah, yeah it's literally that's like the perfect little microcosm of what we do. <laughs> I, yeah, and I guess that'll do it for the show. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah. But I was trying to Billy Shack lady. I'm a Billy Shack lady lemming. Do you know Billy Shack lady? Never met him. Heard him plenty. Yeah, good guy. Really good guy. Oh, yeah. And he posted a thing on the fan page in the thread yesterday with Abigail Mack mm -hmm. about the average viewers for the four sports. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And it was like NFL in another world, then NBA, yeah. and then I think it was baseball. It was NHL? I think NHL and MLB were He's a big tied. hockey guy, so it wouldn't surprise me. I think NHL and MLB were And he tied. said, does this surprise you, but I'd like to have the data. That's why I was scrolling through yeah, the I, fan I page, and then I got I got sidetracked by seeing how hot I was. I can try to find it real quick, because this uh, that I, I, when I saw that— But now we're going to do a long QFTA. What do I care? All right, fair enough. Now I just found, who's this? California woman brought guns and down payment to meet hitman, have husband killed in bitter divorce. It looks like Katrina Jade is in the picture. That sounds you like know who that Katrina Jade is? No, it sounds like a star, though. She was. I don't think she is anymore. And she's also brioed up, so it's... All right, I got the numbers. What do we got? Uh, so the NFL average viewership per game, the NFL at 9.2 million. Right. The NBA at 711,000. The NHL at 398,000. Major League Baseball, 378,000. And the MLS at 133,000. I don't know. Where are they getting their MLS data? Because MLS doesn't share its streaming numbers. They are uh, very proprietary about that. Nielsen National TV Panel. That is I guess they're using the games that weren't on right. Apple. The FS1 games. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you go with your NBA thing, I'm like, you're right. I know you're right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also know, yeah, I you know. It. I get it. That in this particular market, but I also know part of the reason for it in this particular market. Right. But... If you were to go around the country and you were to talk to gentlemen ages 18 to 45, 54, whatever demographic, 25 to 54, whatever demographic, I guess that's what we're judged by as men 25 to 54, you could have two national team sports in your city. Yeah. What will you take? Be the two of these, the top two of these most watched yes. sports. Yes. It'll be the NFL and the NBA. And that will upset 
some people in St. Louis, but I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Right. I love the Cardinals and I love the Blues, but I also still tell you what I think, right. whether you like it or not. And <laughs> there's not a doubt in my mind; it would be the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, it's a it's a hundred percent. And if you go eighteen to thirty four, it's going to even be a higher proportion. Yeah, that way. College football's mounting a Sunday charge they in a major do. way, but with with regard to you're talking professional, that's where it's going to be. Right, and I saw uh, and people got their takes off like you wouldn't believe, and I Uh-oh. saw oh, it yeah. coming from a mile away. Ever since the NFL announced they were doing it. The NFL, obviously, Christmas being on a Monday, they were going to have some football games on that day. They did the same thing last year. You're going to have football games on Christmas. And so it went up against the NBA, and everyone's like, look, the NBA sucks. It got terrible viewership compared to the NFL. I was like, well, can we like look at it in a grand scheme and see how much football in general, not just the NFL, but mainly the NFL, dominates in this country and the fact that they play once a week late in the season with big playoff implications versus a game that truly means nothing in the NBA, although it's a tradition because they play on Christmas. Right. I was like, you, you got to, like, you can't be this dumb. Yeah, there, I was wondering if what the NFL will do next year, I say next year, this year uh, on Christmas because Christmas is on Wednesday, and the success they had with the Christmas games, you know, and – I was listening to Marshawn, uh, and Joe Buck was filling in for John Oren oh, this really? week. Yes, I, that's what I was listening to driving out here today. I, I say driving out here, driving <laughs> 11 minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah. But that, for me, is out here. Yep. Uh, that's what I was listening to on my way, and uh, because of the success of it, they're wondering how they're going to handle that. Like, would they put a game on Wednesday? You put a game on Wednesday, Wednesday what are you going to do? Logistically, I mean, how do you that's, do that? That's the toughest. It absolutely is. How are you going to tell a team that played Sunday that you just, I go play? So I don't Sunday. think they can do that. No. I think they're know? just going to sit on it. Uh, let me go into the YouTube chat because holy shit is it active. This da- daily QFTA thing, Jackson. It's got legs. It's got legs. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jake Reynolds. Hi, Tim. Hi, Jackson. Uh, Don PP. Look at that lettuce. I guess he's talking about either your current hair or my Little Rock hair. Probably the latter. Basements flooding all over the place. Oh, I put. I I see that I put the the. Uh, I just saw the picture of uh, my hair I, that I'm showing. What am I like on tape delay somehow on the on our YouTube broadcast? Yeah, yeah. it's about a 15 second delay. Yeah, but I'm like way back. Are we not oh. live anymore? We're Did live. it disconnect? No, we're live. Fuck out. I see you posted the picture of the Pasadena sunset as our QFTA picture really today. Did. Really, <laughs> so I left BK and F to tune in for day two in a row. That's from Alexander Colton. Welcome to the show, Alexander. Up, Alex? uh, Don Peepy says, "Good choice, Alex." The Pope, who beat me in the fan page club championship, roll the rock. I mean, just rolls, just rolls the rock. Can't teach it. I'm gonna. Th- I, now that I know that people are listening and watching, usually it's just me and you, and we're recording it. And I just, I'm just like, well. Oh, I don't, in my mind, it's like Doug. He's like, I don't really believe anybody's listing the TMA. <laughs> right. So he said, whatever. I'm going to tell a little story, and I'm going to go into my family realm, which I, which I have consciously avoided doing. Sure. But I got to tell you this. I, I don't know if I'm proud so much as it just it, it just happened, and it was really surprising. So my six-year-old who plays hockey and loves hockey, and it's early morning. I mean, it's... The reason why I slept so well over Christmas break is because I didn't have to get up at 5.30 to go to, you know, a rink. Um, but he loves it, and God bless him. And there are some kids out there, like Steve Ott's son's in there, and uh, I feel like uh, there's another couple of Blues players' sons in there. So there are some kids who are just—they're fun to watch because they're so fucking good. But he loves it, you know, and, uh, hey, if he loves it, God bless America. So anyway, with, with regard to the hockey thing, you know, this is his first time playing. He's been playing games for, I guess, two months— 
he's well behind plenty of kids. That's just the nature of the beast. Now, when it comes to golf, I want to make this clear. I'm not making an Earl Woods proclamation. (laughs) He's just able to hit the ball, but it's not because he's anything special. He's just been going out on the course with me, whereas most six-year-olds have not done that. That's the key. So that's that's all it is. So I want to make this clear that I'm not like, keep an eye on my boy. (laughs) 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 And I just don't talk about this. You know, I just, I feel like when it gets down to... If you don't have children, you really don't want to fucking hear about other people's kids. Mm. And I'm well aware of that. Mm-hmm. And then if you have children, you don't want to hear about somebody's. And I don't know which one is. It's a higher level. But this is just a little anecdote from yesterday. Because you could text me and say, hey, if you'd like, we can play St. Louis Country Club today. Or Boone Valley. And we're playing against a couple of degenerate gamblers. And we are going to beat the fuck out of them. And they want to play some absurd game. And we're going to win a bunch of money. And I'd be like, hey, Fuck boy. <laughs> I don't know if you've checked the temperature, but it's 30 something degrees. Right. So, you know, see if Doug wants to join you because <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm doing right. it. So, what I do at this time of year, I haven't hit a ball off of turf, as in grass, since I think October. Ooh. Played it in the St. Gabriel. It wasn't St. Gabriel. It was a friend of my father. His daughter passed away a few years ago. Jill Bender Golf Tournament. That's what I played in in Aberdeen. Played well, too. But October 20th, I have no interest in playing in November, December. I don't care what the weather is. Yeah. Um, I just shut it down. But I go into the simulator that sure. we have, not at my house. Um, and I actually love it because I'm able to work on some things and track the data. Data I, guy. What's that? Data guy. I am a data guy, a data and I guy. love it. And I'm, you know, and then you're able to play courses if you want. But the yeah. putting on simulators is so Brutal. fucking... Yeah. Like, if I have an eight-foot putt... On the, I would like my chances of making it on a course twice as much as I would in the yeah. simulator. They should just hand you a video game controller like it's Tiger Woods, yeah. PGA Tour, and just do it that way. It's just it's a, it's borderline impossible, but whatever. Anyway, neither here nor there. I'm able to get my swings in and track shit and angles and whatever. So yesterday was my son, my six-year-old son's last day before going back to school today, and he was bored, and I said, well, I've got the simulator at 3 uh, if you want to come up with me, you don't have to hit balls. I don't give a shit. You don't have to swing a golf club. I couldn't care any less. He can build Legos like a wizard, and I don't <laughs> know what the hell that's about, but that's his thing, and it might wind up being his thing, and I and I like him. Like I watch, and I go, holy shit, this is fucking nuts what's going on with him and the Legos. And, and if anything, and I was explaining to him as we were driving the course, he goes, why don't you care if I hit balls or want me to? And I go, because if you don't want to, I don't want you to do something you don't want to do. It's kind of how I (laughs) live my life in general with people I treat and the way I want to be treated. And so I didn't even bring his his clubs in. I brought the one-year-olds in because he's obsessed with hitting golf balls right now, albeit not on a course. Um, But I thought he was going to come up and he has these little left-handed, the littlest golfer, I think, is is the name of the company. Uh, And so they're like little plastic clubs and he's left-handed so we got those for him so anyway whatever so we get done one-year-old still napping so me and my six-year-old are leaving it's four o'clock and it's sunny so it's not brutal out yeah but it uh it's still fucking cold it's really cold and in and my six-year-old goes let's play a few holes and i go the fuck (laughs) 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 and i go you who proudly proclaims whenever me or my dad or your your grandfather, uh, Anna Marie's dad, talk about it, like how you've got a nice golf swing. I hate golf. I hate them. <laughs> you want to play in this shit. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't. There, they could, there could be a daisy chain involving Ella Reese and Abigail Mack 
on the number one green, and I have zero interest in walking to that fucking thing. I know you're looking at me skeptically. I might call. <laughs> I might see if I can get, like, through yeah, my rangefinder. Like a binoculars. Right. <laughs> but I'm like, I, I, I feel obligated to do this, right. you know? Yeah. He's... But, I want, but I want to do it. Yeah. And so we go to the one tee, and he goes, you're not going to hit a shot? And I go, I'll just, I'll just go with you. You hit. And he hits the shit out of a ball with a little cut in the air with, like, usually when a five or six-year-old hit the ball, it's like, if they yeah. hit it at all, it's just like, you know, Four it's runners. dribbling. Yeah. And I go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, it's a par five. He's six, so it's not like he's got, you know, 200 in. You know, he's <laughs> probably got 500 in. Yeah. But uh, then he hits the next one, and it goes like another 75 yards, dead straight in the air. And I go, what in the hell happened? And I set him up with one lesson at family golf just for the hell of it, you know, just because he said he'd like to do it because he likes to go up to family golf, sponsor the program. But this happens to be true. And I was talking with Adam Betts, and I said, do you have somebody who works with young kids? Because my son, you know, who proclaims how much he hates golf, wants to get a lesson, go (laughs) figure. And, And he used to hold the club like a, baseball bat yeah. or even a hockey stick to an extent especially for much hockey plays and so they taught him how to grip the club and which i thought oh that's yeah. i didn't even know that yeah. and i'm like where the fuck is this coming from and i literally said <laughs> literally where the fuck is this coming from and he just kept you know and so it's now five o'clock it's basically dark out yeah. i'm on number four freezing my ass off <laughs> it could be Anyone else in the rule, including Eloise or Abigail Mack, mm-hmm. and I'd be heading home. But because it's my son and he's enjoying it, and I'm going. That's awesome. It was the greatest thing. I, I was going to tell you this in a commercial break. Part of me hates that I'm talking about this in a public forum, and, and, and it's already out because we're on YouTube. Here, I'm not going to share this with the audience. But this is. I took a shot of, and I'm like, that move looks. I mean, that's, that's a, he's loaded. He's, yeah, he's loaded up. Loading. I'm going, where the hell did this come from? Yeah, that like, weight's about to shift, and he's going to go low. Baby. And it's interesting, and here's where I tie it in, because this isn't a, you better watch for my boy. <laughs> you know, here's where I tie it in. Part of the reason why I think I became a pervert is because my mom would stand in front of the television when there would be like a topless scene in like a 1980s movie. Right, you want and what it made you can't me, have. It made me want it more. Right. They weren't really that big of a deal on the on the profanity thing. Mm-hmm. I just think that's stupid, and mm-hmm. nothing will change my mind. So then when I have to tell my son he can't say fuck, and he goes, but you say it, and I hear you on your show saying it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Listen, I don't <laughs> know what to tell you on this thing. Yeah, it's a social contract. I totally don't agree with it, but you can't, I'm just telling you you're going to get in trouble if you do it. Right. Not necessarily for me because it's hypocritical. I think it's stupid. I'm just telling you you can't say You want to say it around me, I don't give a shit. But it's probably best if you don't say it. So now he doesn't say profanity. Hmm. And, like, he'll kind of give me shit if I do. Oh. Why? Because I have said feel free to use profanity. Right, right. So coming full circle on the conversation, the whole talk – from our house to the simulator yesterday where he was just going to go to just like watch YouTube kids on my phone was how, yeah, I don't, ca- I don't care if you play any sports. Now he happens to love playing hockey. I would love it if he hated it because then I could sleep in and it would save me some money, but he loves it. So God bless. Yeah. And I, like golf, I said, listen, I said, I tried to make an analogy. I said, look at that front yard there. And I said, there are, yeah, how many leaves would you say are on that yard? He goes, I 5,045. That was the number. Very specific. 
And I said, okay. I said, you might be right, actually. It might be a nice play. (laughs) I said, there are probably 5,045 kids who are eight years and under playing hockey in St. Louis. And that might be accurate. It might be high. I have no idea. I have no idea because they're all over the place. I said, maybe out of all of those leaves, maybe out of all of those leaves, if I were to put a little X on one of them, you could, if you could find that, it would be a miracle. That is the math of one of those kids that you're playing with right now, and even including eight-year-olds, getting to the NHL. Right. So the fact that, and that might be high, one out of 5,045 might be high, because how many have we had come out of St. Louis? It hasn't been many. There and was two that, of them are the, the sons of yeah. a guy who, you know, was a legend in the game. There was that one year where they're like four or five of right. drafted, yeah. Trent Frederick, Clayton Keller, the Kachuk. So I said... Yeah, the fact that you love Legos and you can peel off these things that are built for or supposed to be built for kids who are older. I said, I actually, I love that because that shows a skill that is going to be way more valuable, one that your mother and I do not have, so I don't know where you got it from. But either way, God bless. That's great. So I don't care if you want to spend all the time in the world playing sports. He goes, why do you love sports? I "I don't know. Why do you love Legos? I know you don't have an answer. You just do. But I don't. You don't have to love something because I love it. Do your thing and do what you love. Mm-hmm. So playing golf, I said, okay, who's the best guy at, at where we play? You know, and I said, use this guy as an example because he won our stroke play. You know, so he's the best guy. Okay, I said that guy would likely get his ass kicked by the one guy in all of St. Louis, Adam Long, who's on the PGA Tour. He'd get his ass kicked by him if they played four rounds. He would lose by probably 20 strokes. But he's the best guy at our place by a comfortable margin. All right. Adam Long is out there fighting for his life right now in the PGA Tour, so he gets his ass kicked by Justin, because he named Justin Thomas when I said, who's the best guy that you've been around? I go, well, you haven't played with Justin Thomas. I'm, right. I said that my point being, it's a pyramid. Yeah. And I'm talking to a fucking six-year-old, <laughs> like I'm like coaching up like a 21-year-old with a Coke problem. But I said, my point is what you can do with Legos or whatever it is that you love is a better allocation of your time than chasing something that when you get to a certain point, and it might be eight, it might be 10, it might be 18, will only provide a source of frustration, which is probably counterintuitive to the way that parents handle it. But either way, I just, I treat him, I talk to him like he's my peer, even though maybe I shouldn't, I don't know, that's how I handle it. And I think that may be why he, you know, isn't like saying fucking like giggling, you know, like he, when I say fuck, he's like, dad, you shouldn't say that, you know, it's that approach. So here I am. So I'm like saying, I don't, I'm not even going to bring your clubs. I don't care. Why I don't, I don't, I want to, I, I try to hit my four iron better in 2024. So I'm sitting here focused on angles on the four iron in the simulator. And then I play around at PGA national because it brings me to Jupiter, Florida. And that's my happy place. And by the way, shot 300 Jackson. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fu- near Albatross on number 10. <laughs> yeah. From 225. Oh yeah. Either way, that was the brag segment. Um, and we get done, and we're leaving, and then he wants to play. That's awesome. And so why do I tell this little anecdote? It was because I said, don't worry about playing. If I would have said, hey, boy, you're going to go up here if I'm like Judge Smales and Spalding, <laughs> and I say you're going to play and you're going to like it, yeah, he would have fought it. Right. But I said, don't worry about it. Right. Like, like, and I, and I, I truly do mean it. If you want to play golf, play golf, yeah. you know, 
if you don't, don't. I truly don't give a shit. If he loved the game, it would be wonderful because I know we would spend a lot of time together. As it turns out, he loves hockey, so therefore I'm learning to skate so I can go out on the rink with him, and it's embarrassing as fuck that I can't skate. But that's what he loves, so God bless. But he really loves Legos, and he can, and he, I can tell he's got a little ability there. But it was interesting to me, and now that I'm observing this, and I'm certainly in the top of the first inning on the parenting thing, or maybe I'm in the bottom of the first inning at this point, where I'm going, I unintentionally discovered that by letting go, I brought him in. By letting go of saying profanity is evil, because I can't, I can't defend the reasoning for profanity being, it's, it's dogma, and I, you know where I am on dogma, just fuck off. Um, so therefore he doesn't cuss. He, I mean, I don't have to worry about it, like at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hope at some point he does. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> but it's good for the time being right, that he's right. not cussing. Right. Uh, and uh, with the sports thing, I'm like, yeah, don't play. Yeah. And it's not like I'm like, don't play, you know. You, right. you're, you're not saying you can't play. Yeah, right. I'm just like, yeah, it, don't, if you don't want to, don't. Right. Just because I love sports, because I'm watching college football, and I'm intense about, you know, college football or and watching games or I love to play golf because it's kind of my outlet. It's like my meditation is hitting balls. That doesn't mean you have to. Right. And I was explaining that, and I, and I can tell, you know, some of it's resonating, some of it's not. And then sure enough, the next thing I know, we're out there for 90 minutes in 35-degree temperatures, and he's hitting the ball like I've never seen him hit, and he wants to keep going. I go, that was fun. Let's head on home. Mom and, and, and you know, our one-year-old are waiting for us. And he's like, well, can we play two, three, and four? Because four is the par three that I might be able to reach. And I'm going, what the fuck is this? Now I got David Faraday out here with me. <laughs> so there's a little, I'm not saying it's a parenting tip. Yeah. It's a, it's a little anecdote, and maybe that will resonate for some of you. Well, Do with it what you want, or you can tell me to fuck off. It gets back to what we've talked about, Balloon Party, maybe TMA, of, like, for those kids who are, like, really good at sports, and you know they are, like, it's... Like, and you become that one person out of 5,000 or whatever statistic you want to use. It's like they have that self, that fire within themselves. Absolutely. To want to be great. It's not outside pressure. And there's certainly cases where there is outside. I mean, Tiger Woods is a prime example of outside pressure, like parental pressure making them great. But more so than not, it's that self-belief, that inner belief that I want to be great at this and nothing's going to stop me and it's only if you can tell yourself yeah that. and then and then that 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 you talk fire the fire to be great right. and then also something that i think is probably like it's admired you know look at look at you know i was about to say brooks kepka look at dustin johnson those two would never be the guys <laughs> on the range after although i think right. kepka did go to the range for something you yeah. know after a round but like scheffler was hitting balls forever bryce it's probably, as far as interacting with mainstream society, it's a personality trait specific to the game of golf that is off. Whereas hockey, that's the thing, like if he did wind up loving golf and continues to love hockey, I think that would be optimal. I mean, maybe I will change my mind. Yeah. Well, I wasn't even thinking that way. I was thinking, I think it would be great to have a team sport, and I think hockey, even though I never played it, I made light of the fact that I can't skate. I, culturally... As far as, and I'm not talking about, man, I sure love whites <laughs> in cold weather. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, being around the yeah. group of guys. It's just the best group of guys. Mm-hmm. It's not to say baseball players aren't or football players or basketball. I'm just telling you, when I went into those locker rooms, right. 
it's just a good group. And I think that is it's something about the game. And I have no idea what the hell it is. I didn't play it, but I just know. I'm like, oh, that's so you have your team thing and you have your individual thing. I think from a golf standpoint, and people are enjoying the story in the YouTube chat. God bless. That's I, I appreciate it because I was hesitant to, to tell it. Um, I hope that, that doesn't come off as a, does it come off as a brag? You got to be honest with me. It's, it comes off as a good wholesome father son uh, story. Okay. All right, because I'm so conscious of like not talking about my kids yeah, much, you right. know. Um, in a in a big like, I think Doug has mastered that. You know, like if he does, it's like joking around that Greg Vaughn, who's a great fucking athlete, by the way, yeah. couldn't pull a baseball, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, it, that it just doesn't become, you know. Yeah, you don't want to use We all We all fucking make kids and it's great, right. you know, right. it, or, or sometimes it's not. Take your pick. But either way, <laughs> you know, I realize my children are just a guy, just like your children will just be a guy. And, yep. But for you, they'll be your world. Of course. And there's some awareness of that. I'm telling the story because it struck me as... There is no way that he says in 35-degree weather, let's go play four. Well, he wanted to play 18. <laughs> and I said, we might have time for four. And he goes, oh, that's good because it's a par three, and that's the one I think I might be able to reach. Yeah. And I'm going, it's 120 yards, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> you can get there in two maybe if you're lucky. But uh, that by letting go, right. which was not – this wasn't like a strategy. Right. It brought him in. So it's counterintuitive. Right. I think it's the way people say you have to have anal. You apparently, you apparently have to say, hey, you feel like you got to press out. And I know that's high risk, mm. but in order to welcome the cock, <laughs> you have to press. It's counterintuitive. So if you're thinking of parenting tonight, think of anal. Should that be the t- title of the podcast, Parenting is Like Anal? <laughs> I think it should be because right, I mean, there's QFTA daily. Yeah, I mean we're gonna we and people are gonna be very surprised because I think people are gonna be like, well, "Where is he going with this one?" Right? Or yep. maybe this was Jackson's take. Yeah. Either way, they'll have to make him listen. That's all that but with golf in particular, which is such a mental game, mm-hmm. and you can be destroyed yeah. by having shit in your head. Mm-hmm. Therefore, as a parent, if I did, if he did wind up playing, which I still would be surprised by, but who fucking knows? People might, you know, I, I have no idea. I don't know if he was, he does, he does, if he doesn't, 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 I don't really care. Uh, it would be great if he knew, I'm going to say, yeah, play it and enjoy it. And if you, if you get a 10 on the whole, it just doesn't fucking matter. Right. Now, if we're in a hundred dollar NAS and you're my partner, then I'm going to have to, we're going to have a talk, assuming I'm not bankrolling it. <laughs> uh, but you know, it just, it, the whole thing, and that's I, like Wellington. Michael Wellington, friend of the show. There is no more easygoing approach on a golf course than Michael Wellington. Now, Michael will be the first one to say he's not the best player, but he's still a fucking, like, plus Mm .5, and he learned. It doesn't mean that you're not intense on the inside, but you're able to go, I can't let this one bad shot and or my reaction, or even worse, my dad's reaction. I think that's the one that could be even worse. Uh impact the next shot and then the next shot and a round that was going wonderfully is now off the rails because my heart's racing my mind's racing and i am no longer present and i can't hit the golf ball because not any physical ability if you dropped the ball and it meant nothing i'd hit it dead straight but because of that shit now i'm 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 out of my mind and i'm three putting and all that shit just (sighs) whatever you know that's like i've said to you before like you you and i could be a dangerous pairing 
because you recognize I don't need you to like, oh, okay, we really need to bear down here. Like, I'm trying. Yeah. Like, I don't need a speech. I don't need Herb Brooks in yeah. the cart. Never yeah. once am I like, boy, I'm really trying to overcut this ball short right <laughs> into the bunker. It's part of the game. Yeah. I feel terrible. I felt terrible the guy I played with who's one of my closest friends. He was my partner this year. Uh, and he kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm like, listen, man. I said, I, number one, I really don't care that much. And number two, I know you're not like trying to have an issue. It's like, it's just don't worry. About, just don't worry. Everything is cool. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't even think about it. And if you hit a good shot, you hit a good shot. If you don't, you don't. Yep. You know, it's just. So I think about that through the lens of parenting because I was really conscious, not because he was, you know, um, who's an overbearing father in films. I feel like there's an obvious, the great Santini, obscure. Mm. Have you seen that one? That's Bobby Duvall. Yeah, there's a, they play a little basketball in the opening uh, part of that movie, right? Yes. With uh, the guy from fucking Caddyshack, the, the Denny. Denny's in the great Santini. Danny? Uh, yeah, Danny, the caddy. He is oh, in the great you Santini. You didn't know that Danny's name was Danny. I thought it was Denny. Danny Noonan. I thought it was Denny. Either way. Um, I'm digging in. I better be right. I know. I'm he, feeling so confident, but since you're a I think cinephile, you are right. I, but I know he was in The Great Santini, okay. like right before that. Danny yeah. Noonan. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Uh, overbearing. Oh, yeah. To Not the worst sports, degree. but yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah. Oof. My son. Yes. Oh, my boy, my boy. Yeah. After, you know, tough spoiler. scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, tough scene. I just, I'm just so, but I'm like, I still, I to this day, some of the worst rounds of golf I play. Uh-huh. Or when I'm playing with my dad. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sitting there going, okay, at this point, I mean, I'm in my mid 40s. You know, I'm not lying about, you know, I mean, you've played with me, not to say that I'm like, but I mean, I know what I do. And yet, because I think deep down, subconsciously, I'm the same way. I want to impress him. Yep. I'm the same way. Okay. Yep. So, you know, but I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I also know he doesn't really care. Yeah. But like, like I shot one under this year in one round. And the first question he asked, was who was with you. And I'm like, I feel like what you're saying is I, if you're by yourself, it didn't count. Yeah. And I know like when I was, I don't know, I was like even through nine, that's not super rare, but like I was like, I don't know, I think I was whatever. Doesn't matter what the fucking score was. I'm like, there's no way, you know, I've got two holes left and I, it, it was number eight. Um, is it, Westboro is where I was when I shot a 67 there, which is one under there. And I was back right nearly OB on, I guess, that's Lockwood. And I had to hit a flop over the bushes on a pit pin, you know, and I guess that was my third shot just right. to, you know, I've shot even there before, and I'm like, oh, fuck. But for whatever reason, I'm like, I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just in a, you know, right. you're Reggie Miller at the garden mode. Right, right. You're in a zone. You don't even think about this. Yeah, I mean, and if I'm do doing it. that, you know, not even 99 out of 100, and sure enough, I, and it's it, like, it's a, it's a give me. But I still put it out because I'm like, I, this yeah, is you my thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and then I guess I parred number nine as a par three. And I remember I went and there was a little side game that day. And I went to the pro shop and I go in and I go, I shot a 67, but there was nobody with me outside of my six-year-old, right. five-year-old at the time. And I go, and I, that means I'll probably win like $150. I mean, it wasn't like a right. $10,000 prize pool. I mean, do I turn it in? Does it count? And I go, well, you shot it. And I go, I absolutely did. I fucking blood oath I did. Yeah. But... I, nobody was with. There wasn't a witness. It's my worst nightmare is acing a hole by yourself. I did that. You did. I did that at Gateway. Holy shit! Back when I I took the like ten years off from the game, but yeah, yeah at Gateway. But I, it was number, is it fourteen? Longer one, like a. It's 80. after the par five. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I know. 
going right uh, the woods. It's a tough hole. I look back yeah, on the that, fact that, that I aced that. I hit a seven iron. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that went in. And there was a father-son behind me. It was kind of later in the day. And I had him go up to the hole with me. They still weren't there okay. when I saw I hit it. But, yeah, that that that's the answer on how to deal with yeah. that. But, um, and so then they jokingly said, because I was on the Sobe Cup team, which is the, this right. club versus club thing in Westboro. I'm, I'm the fucking, you know, white guy on the end of the bench. You know? <laughs> Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> I mean, I am not. I played one match this year, and I think they kind of just did that to go and let them <laughs> play. The guys who were, there were like 10 guys who were infinitely better than me. Uh, I don't know. There's eight guys on the team, and I'm easily number eight on that team. I mean, there's plus twos on that team. Uh, so me flopping around as a three. I don't belong, no complaints. But either way, they're like, oh, don't turn it in, Sobe Cup. And I'm like, well, if that's the reason, I'm like, so here's the deal. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count it for the game for the 150 bucks, because nobody was there. But I am gonna count it for my handicap because I think that's the honorable thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If you and everybody shoot- else is like, well, if you're gonna turn it in for your handicap, which is gonna fuck you because now your handicap's gonna drop, then at least get your hundred fifty dollars yeah, or whatever. I agree with that. Yeah, and the guys were like, "Well, turn it in." And I'm the guys in the pro shop, and I'm like, "I don't, I, just, I like, like it's you've shot 68 before. It's not like you usually right, shoot 80, and you're turning in a 67." Given you know? your handicap, that's well within your range. To I do. guess it is. It's still, it's still, you know, it's a great round. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's the best round I've ever had. I've never. That's the only round of my life I've shot under par, and I absolutely did. And I was resigned to the fact that I was going to bogey eight, oh, yeah, yeah. and then try to par, and then shoot even again. Anyway. Why am I talking about this? I have no idea. Why am I talking about this, Jackson? For those of you watching this, you're going, what the fuck's going on in this podcast? Well, you're talking about, like, you know, like, always, like, subconsciously, you're always trying to, like, impress your father. That's what Ah, I'm, yeah, what so I'm, when you're, yeah, 100%. Same, the same way. There's no, there's, you could give me 100 rounds, and I don't even know if I'd break 70 with him at yeah. that same course. Right, yep, yep, I'm the same, because my dad used to be my basketball coach and yell at me all the time. I obviously love him, and I appreciate right. everything he's done for me but there yeah you, and then i'll like play with him now and i'll hit a bad shot and he goes well that wasn't worth a shit <laughs> that's great but at the same time like when i hit my ace i had in june or july the first person i texted was my dad absolutely first person absolutely that's who i wanted to him to know first oh. it's, it's, it's not even i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. so i don't want my son to feel whatever it is that i feel but it's not like my dad i mean shit, i didn't play golf right. oh it's not no not at all right. i mean it's my favorite thing in the world that round at aberdeen right. like we had the saint gabriel golf had, there was one year saint gabriel golf tournament which i mean it's a scramble in farmington you mm-hmm. know i mean you know for the perspective yeah but i was just on and i could tell we were i think we were like at 18 under yeah. and i'm like we might fucking win this thing. And for my dad, it would be the equivalent of winning a green jacket. <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, this is the, this becomes the most important hole of my life. And I've played holes this year, as a matter of fact, for a nice amount of money. I think you're aware of the particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet I would, I'll trade losing that for, you know, birdieing this to put us in a spot to win that thing. And that mattered that much because it was my dad, right. you know. Right. I, I totally Not because understand. he's like, we got to fucking win the Saint Gabriel <laughs> tournament, but I just know it meant something to him. Right. Right. But when I'm out there with my son, so yeah, I. So for those of you who have children who are young, do with this story what you want, and maybe someday in the near future you will have young children, mm-hmm. and and maybe this is a one-off, and maybe I'm off the mark on it. All I know is it happened, and it struck me. I'm like, holy shit. 
you know, I, I had kind of just like, yeah, he's he's got a nice swing for being six, but he doesn't like it. So what does it fucking matter? Maybe at some point when he's a teenager, he'll get into it. Great. If he does, I don't really give a shit. I don't want to, I don't do not want to make my children do shit as far as sports goes. Right. Dra- drag their asses to bed and have them clean their shit up. I'll make them do that all day long. But I don't want to make them play sports just because I like sports. Right. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm explaining to him why I'm pro Lego. Eat the Lego shit up, man. Yeah. You don't like golf, it's fine. Yeah. Do what you love. Odds are, you know, and I remember saying, like, well, I mean, you know, guys go in the NHL. He goes, so are you saying I'm not going to play in the NHL? And my wife's giggling. We're going to the Blue Stars game last week with him. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Am I, like, snuffing out the dream? Or am I, do I need to be encouraging? Like, yeah. I, like this is a breaking ball I wasn't expecting to handle. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, if I had to bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going heads up on this, I know <laughs> yeah. what side I'm taking. Right. You know. Right. The math is there. Right. And that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain. Like I would explain to you. Right. L- listeners, I always resort to math. Yeah. That's in. That's easy for me because we have a right and a wrong, as as the delightful Ed Herman said. But when you're doing this with a six-year-old, yeah. so I went with the leaf thing. I'm like, we're driving by. I go, how do I handle this? Look at all the leaves. Maybe one leaf yeah. out of all of those. That's the hockey thing. Yep. That's that's and that's probably high. One out of five thousand. Yep. Yep. Speaking of Brian Scalabrini, who I just mentioned, same thing in basketball terms. I remember him saying, and everyone agreeing, and who played in the NBA was like Scalabrini said, "I am so much closer than to LeBron James than I am to name your best player you've ever played with at the rec center." He's like, "I am way closer to yeah. the best player in the league than You're I right. am to that's, your buddy, you who you think is really, really good." Like the level of what those guys achieve. I mean, NHL is probably what. Five, six hundred players who play in the right. NHL all across, and they play in Russia, Canada, and Sweden, and America. All over the world, they're playing hockey. To think, you know, it's it's just a very few and far between that get the opportunity. Yeah, there's a, there's a listener who's kind of guided me through the hockey thing, um, and his I think his kids are pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they're old, but they're older. And he goes, "Well, what's better than getting up and playing hockey with your buddies?" And I go, I don't know, that sounds pretty good. He goes, listen, none of these kids are going to the fucking NHL, so who cares? Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, you're, you know, I'm thinking to myself, your kids are pretty good. But I mean, I'm, and I love the fact, and it was just, it was a private conversation. I love the fact that here he is with kids who are good and who love it and who are playing and skating and going to the sticking pucks all the time. He, as a father who's very involved in it and played himself, has the like, because I, because I think what I, what I will run into, and if you have children, what you will run into is inevitably parents who don't necessarily have the leaf analogy no, at don't. their disposal. They don't have the math on hand, right? And so, yeah, I just, you know, I mean, it, when it's all said and done, it's about enjoying what you do and right. not dreading. Right, right, and the life lessons you learn along the way with team sports, right. especially. Yeah, how, how, how to get along can... with people and right. and how to handle you know losing right as well as how to handle winning and not be in some dumb shit that everybody you know especially in hockey man you may inadvertently put a bullseye on your back if you all of a sudden start going yeah you know with the uh with the celly right 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 but like yeah the collab like 
teaches you how to be like collaborative to reach a common goal. Like, and that's how important in your day to day life is that it's huge, but it's not to say that like with Legos that teaches you incredible problem solving. Oh, absolutely. That's why I'm like, this is a great thing. It's a great thing. Uh, Brian Henschen, uh, who's a bowl commissioner says that's such a healthy way to handle the sports side of parenting. I've heard witnessed some truly fucked up things. Certainly not the majority, but man, the dark side is dark in caps. Uh, and Mr. Smith writes, Henshin, truer words never spoken. I coached my youngest on and off up through Legion Ball, and the shit I saw and had to put up with would literally, uh, would literally is one off. I'll piss one off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I witnessed it to an extent, but I mean, I never played like high, high level shit. Right, right. But yeah, that's the thing. I don't think this stuff is necessarily going at high levels. No, there's more awareness there than there is at like. You know. Yeah. So like last night I signed him up for, I don't even know if he's playing T-ball at Bay. I have no idea what the hell it is. And and I'm just conscious of never coaching. Not because I don't want to coach because I go to all the practices and the games. But I'm just like, all it takes is one person who's like, oh, he talks about the pawn. You know, and so right. I never want my son to have to deal with that. And right. it's probably not going to happen because, God, the parents, you know, where he is, we love them. Like, sure. like we're very fortunate. Um big fans like you know you become friends i guess with the, oh, yeah. the parents of the uh the kids in the same grade and uh and so that's great so i wouldn't imagine that would happen either way what if it's like an opposing you know not because i'm out there going earl weaver on an umpire <laughs> but just because i'm like okay the job i have it's weird one out of god i don't know a hundred or a thousand people will know who i am i just want to be in the background so i will not be coaching not because i won't be there or because I need to be at the, the cocktail lounge, right. but because I'm just like, it's best for me for doing for what I do for a yeah. living to just fall back. Sure. You know? All right. How long did we go here? God, we went an hour and 15 minutes. We did. We did. I love doing QFTA, though. All I could right, do another hour and 15 if we had All right. To. Fair enough. Doing, All right. It's daily QFTA. At least we've done two in a row. Yeah. Can't take that away from And what's us. the title of this one going to be, you said? Uh, Parenting is like anal. Parenting is like anal. Yep. Yep. That's a gr- it's a grabby headline. It is a crap. It's clickbaity. All right, uh, time to shut it down. Thank you to our sponsors. Long Go Big, sponsor of the studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Thank you to James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. Thank you to Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling Online at designairservice.com. And thank you to the wonderful people at Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, St. Louis Acura.com and altontoyota.com for Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been QFTA. Parenting is like anal on the Inside STL Podcast Network.